ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophile Hour. I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile, and we are here for day 27 of Read a Book, Record a Podcast, where I read a book and retell the story to you with my own little input and thoughts here and there. And we are here for the finale of The Way My Heart is Built by Nikki Brown. Let's get into it. So the last book ended with not only quests being taken, but also Sayora. So we start the finale with Omega kicking in Monster's door, you know, with his desert eagle, just looking throughout the house, but he's not finding anything. And it's been six hours since they've been gone and he has nothing. And so Saint calls him, you know, like, where are you at? He's like, you know where I am. Where I am. Why would you go by yourself? Anything could have happened. He could have been waiting for you. It could have been a setup. I know you pissed, and I know this shit is fucking with you, but you've got to move smarter than that. What good are you going to be to say in Little Man if you're dead? And, you know, Omega's not trying to hear that. He's just trying to get his girlfriend and her son back. So he switches gears and asks, how's Nikki? Because also in the last story, Nikki was unconscious by the time Omega got downstairs. And Saint knows that he's trying to change the gears of the conversation, so he just hangs up on him. Omega gets a call from Hollister who tells him, you know, something went down and we need to talk, but not over the phone. And Omega tells him, you know, right now, all I'm focused on is finding Sayora and Little Man. So everything else can wait. But Hollister tells him the car that she was in is registered to a chick on the west side. And she's been letting her baby daddy drive some guy named Roach. And that's who picked up Sayora as the Uber driver. And the car has also been seen outside of his house. And Hollister had some guy that works with him hack into his security system and the neighbor's security system. And that car has been parked somewhere on his block for the last two days. And, you know, Omega's not in the game anymore. So that's not something he looks out for anymore. And he's in a safe neighborhood or so he thought. And Hollister tells him, you know, that's not all. The video shows the person coming into your house, too. But you can't see their face and the height and build is that of a woman. It was like they knew where the cameras were because they were sure to hide from them. And his first thought is Morgan, but then he quickly like brushes that off and says, you know, she wouldn't go that far. Like she acting crazy right now, but he doesn't think she's capable of doing something like this. But he tells him that the lady who owns the car, she works at the hospital as a CNA 
and her shift ends at 10. So he's going to have somebody watching her. But Roach is nowhere to be found right now. So Omega gets off the phone with him. And he pulls up to the car wash and he sees Monster's car in the back. So he comes in guns blazing, you know, hoping to find something. But with his eagerness to, you know, shoot somebody, he is actually caught with a gun to the back of his head. And, you know, he ducks and he catches the guy with a punch to his right jaw and with the butt of his gun. And so the guy stumbles and try to like catch his bearing, but Omega's on him. So, you know, he gets him down to the ground and he's whooping his ass until there's another gun placed to the back of his head. And he hears the safety being released. And then you hear Omega True and it's Jay, the guy he used to work with. So he asks, you know, what you doing here? He says the same thing you're doing here. He says, I highly doubt that. And Jay tells him, you know, we're not the enemy. Trust me. He's like, man, I'm trying to find my girl. I ain't got time for all this. And he asks him, you know, what is going on? So Jay says, I take it. You ain't talk to Hollister. And he like, look, Jay, you my nigga and all. But your cousin snatched my girl and their son. I thought it was his nephew. Anyway, um, and he tells him, when I see him, that will be the last time anybody sees him. And Jay laughs and says, not if I get my hands on him first. You know, come on, take a ride. Saint is by Nikki's bedside, you know, praying that she opens her eyes. And he feels away because if something happens to her, he doesn't know if he's going to be able to handle it. Which is funny because they're not on good terms right now. In the last book, Nikki found out he had a wife. And, you know, he tried to explain it to her, but she left. And she's like, I don't want to hear shit you say. Because the girl Maya come, like, first of all, she breaks into his house. Very a thin line between love and hate. Like, the bitch break in and just start cooking. And she introduces herself to Nikki as his wife. So, you know, like I said, they're not talking right now. But he says, you know, if she doesn't make it, the city is going to feel his wrath. It's crazy that they haven't been kicking it that long. But Nikki has already purchased space in his heart. And he didn't mind giving it up. And when his phone rings, you know, he has to step out for a second. And Brielle tells him, you know, you can actually leave. Nikki probably don't want you here anyway. Don't you got a wife to tend to? And he's about to snap back, but he looks at Brielle and knows that her anger is misplaced. She has one sister in the hospital and the other one is missing. So it's just like, nigga, you really can't say nothing to her right now. Let her say whatever little slick shit she want to say and keep it moving. And he answers the phone thinking that it's Maya and says, you dead ass got a death wish. But it's not Maya, it's Omega. And he says, that nigga killed my mom. And he's like, what? And Omega says she wasn't shit for some of the things she did, but she was still my mom. And I loved her. This shit is foul, man. On top of everything else. And you can hear the tremble in his voice. So it's just like, man, he's about to snap pretty soon. So he asks him, you know, like, where you at? And Omega tells him, no, stay with Nikki. I ain't going to rest till I find this motherfucker. And everyone associated with him is going to feel me. And Saint 
slams the phones down and he punches Nikki's door. But right as he does that, Nikki doors flies open and Brielle comes out screaming, I need a doctor. I need a doctor. She's awake. So he goes back in and he tries to reach for her hand and she jerks it back. And she can't really speak, but she can speak well enough to tell him to get out. And he tells her, I'm not leaving. Me and Maya are divorced. She was just trying to get under your skin. Don't let her fuck up what we got going on right now. We need each other. Don't let that mess with us. And she tells the doctor, I want him out now. So the doctor turns to look at him. But Saint tells him, fuck that and fuck you too. Do what you got to do and I'm going to be right here when you do it. And so Nikki just starts screaming, get out, get out, get out. And he's like, man, chill. And so the doctor says, I'm going to have to ask you to leave before I, before I have to call security. Do I look like I give a fuck about security? And again, Nikki is just begging at this point, please leave. Go to her. We're not married anymore. She has your last name, but she doesn't live in here. And he's pointing to his heart. This is reserved for you. I just need you to hear me out. And she doesn't say anything. And as he's heading towards the door, she says it was Morgan. And he stops dead in his tracks. So Missy is with Ian, you know, being held up somewhere. And they're having sex. And Ian tells her, I want to remember every nook and crevice of this pussy. God damn, you got some good ass pussy. I always, I, I'm going to always remember this pussy and she has to stop because it's just like why are you saying this in the past tense and studying his word and so when she asks him that you know he looks at her he turns it around on her like I'm not him I'm not your ex you're not gonna keep on punishing me for what he's done to you and I'm getting tired of explaining myself to you it's like nigga I heard the words that came out your mouth you can be mad all you want to but I know what I heard but of course Missy is gullible so she apologizes and goes along with whatever he says which is just like girl no you should have went with your first instinct something ain't right with that nigga omega has the video of when his mom died you know when monster choked her out and he keeps watching it while he's with saint and phase and hollister is there too and Jay, also Jay is there. I forgot to mention that. And Jay asks, why does Detective Greer got it in for Martin? Martin, I was going to call him Mayhem. Mayhew, a.k.a. Grimm. And Saint is like, you know him? And Faze is looking at Omega and Saint and like, y'all don't? But they know him as Grimm. They don't know him as Martin. And so Omega and Saint is looking at each other in confusion. Like, yeah, we know him, but what does that have to do with anything? And Faze is like, yeah, we fucking with his daughters. And them niggas like, damn, man, that nigga crazy. And Omega throws up his hands like, man, what are the fucking odds? I wonder if this has anything to do with why he keeps fucking with Sayora. He's the one who arrested her and helped Martin and stick them charges to her. So it's like... Yeah, it's slowly starting to come together that this is all a part of some big plot that they have going on. 
So OJ comes running down the stairs, you know, to his dad and says, you know, I like the nanny that you have. He calls her Miss Steph, but he's like, I like Miss Steph, but I miss you. And, you know, kids can pick up on when adults are sad or you're mad, whatever feeling they have. So he says, what's wrong, daddy? Nothing, baby. Daddy is just having a bad day. You miss Quest? Because I miss Quest. And he's like, yeah, I do. Quest left his phone after he went with mommy. And Omega doesn't even notice the phone in his hand because he's thinking about what he just said. And OJ is like, oh, I told the secret. Mommy is going to be so mad. And he's like, you know, what are you talking about? Well, mommy came to our house and her said it was a secret. So what happened? Her said we play hide and seek. And, you know, that's one of his favorite games. So he's distracted by that. And he's like, you know, I hide the best. I know you do, baby. What happened when you and mommy played hide and seek? Her said it was a secret. Don't tell nobody. But I did. It's okay because it's daddy. You are also, you are always supposed to tell daddy secrets, okay? Really? Really, son? Anything else happen? I heard a boom. So I didn't come out. Why didn't you come and get me? And OJ shrugs his shoulders. And he said, then he asks, you know, did mommy hurt Nikki? And Omega just sends him back upstairs to play because he doesn't want that on his conscience. It's just like, you know, thank you for telling me, sweetheart. Now go back and play. And Hollister walks in the room and says, my connect just called and said that old girl just left work. He doesn't know why, but she rushed out of the hospital and she's on her way home. So they're about to go over there. But um, Omega asked Hollister, you know, how did you get that video of his mom? Because it's real clear up close and personal it's not a security ca uh, camera type of video and Hollister just tells him I can get my hands on anything but this was a part of a special gift for Sayora it just turned out to be more than we knew and once everything comes full circle I'll tell you more about that so the girlfriend comes home and she's just running her mouth on the phone and they're sitting in her house waiting for her and she thinks they're there to rob her. They're like, man, we don't want your money. Where your boyfriend at? And so she says she doesn't know anything. He took her car and she ain't seen. Him. And they tell her to call him. And she calls on speakerphone, but he doesn't answer. But Omega has a gun to her head. Like, you better make something fucking happen and get him on the phone. So she texts roach and says i had to get my mama's car so that i could go to work this morning i'm calling the cops right now and when he gets that message then he wants to call and he like why are you tripping i'll be home in like five but then you hear a kid's voice in the background and see asking you know is that a fucking kid and he's like man i'm trying to get us some money the shit I got to do is going to run me for at least 10 bands. Give me a few hours, all right? Then I'm going to take you on a dope-ass vacation. Just me and you. And for some reason, this puts a smile on her face. And it's like, girl, you dumb bitch. You was just so mad. You know he be cheating. You swore you just told these four, five niggas that you were done with him and all that shit. But as soon as he tells you that he's about to make some money and he'll take you on a vacation, you just forgot about all the shit you just said. And 
she's like, oh, really? And it's not till she hears somebody pressing the gun up against her head. She remembers the reason for this phone call. It's like, girl, how can you forget? You got a gun pointed at you. But anyway, they hang up the phone and she's like, you know, please don't hurt me. He's like, man, ain't nobody going to hurt you, but keep your mouth shut or you die. So they walk out the door and Satan's like, man, that's a snake ass bitch. I knew I should have killed her. And Jay tells them, you know, it's already taken care of. So when they turn back to the window, they see somebody step up behind her and pull her away. And all Jay says is no witnesses. Monster has been held up in Brandon's crib ever since he killed Omega's mom. And right now he is currently having sex with Rochelle. And Brandon busts in the room and Monster says, you can't knock. Motherfucker, this is my crib. I ain't got to knock, but fuck all that. You need to wrap this up. Word on the street is your shorty is missing and the streets think that you behind it and the city is looking for you. One of the niggas I just made a beat for works for Saint said that Nikki is in the hospital and someone knocked her ass out and snatched Quest from Omega's house. And Saint got a price on your head. But that's the least of your words. Martin Mayhew just touched down and put out the word that if anybody sees you, to bring you to him alive. And he's like, you know, I don't know what you got going on, but you need to figure it out and get this figured out. And so he calls the detective because he's thinking, you know, like, who could kidnap my son? And as soon as the detective answers and he says, there better be a good reason for you calling me. He's like, man, you took my fucking son. And the detective starts laughing and says, do you have any proof of these allegations? And he's like, man, where the fuck are you so I can get my son and get out of here? You don't have to worry about me or him anymore. We done with all this. And there's silence for a moment. Then the detective tells him, I'll call you with a location in a couple hours. And then Rochelle gets up for some reason and says, I'm going to go. It's too much going on. And I can't lose my license over this. Whenever your life calms down, call me and I'll travel to you. And it's like, girl, you always saying you could lose your license after the fact you done got into some bullshit. Shut up. Sayora has been locked in a room with no windows and the door locks from the outside. She hasn't seen Quest, but she has heard his voice every now and again when he asks when he's going home. And then she hears a man say, Shorty, you ain't going in there. And then she hears a voice that she knows. And the voice says, you're such a fucking bitch. Do you listen to everything that motherfucker tells you to do? He's the one who's paying me. So, yeah. So unless you got some bread, you ain't getting in there. I just want to talk to the bitch. It's Morgan. And Sayora can't believe that she was stooped this low. So she starts banging on the door and says, let her in here. Open the door and let me holla at her. And then you hear Quest calling out for his mommy. And, you know, she's still banging on the door, like open the door. And Morgan tells her, trust me, when this door, is op when this door opens, it will be the last time you take a breath. You took everything from me, and I can't wait to get to watch everything you love fall to your feet. Mark my words, it will be epic. I'm just saying, open the goddamn door, and we could take care of it right now. You talking all that shit, but you still on the other side of the door. What's up with that? And then you hear tussling outside of the door, because Morgan swears she's hard all of a sudden, and she just wants to get the door open. And the guy, Roach, 
asked Morgan, you know, like, why are you even here? I'm about to call Greer. Greer's the detective's name. And he's like, man, that nigga ain't paying me enough to deal with this. And he tells Morgan, my mama didn't raise me right, and I hit bitches. So if you put your hands on me one more time, you ain't gonna have to worry about old girl. I'ma lay your ass out. And it's quiet for a moment. And Sayora says, can I see my son? But he doesn't answer. So she goes back to sit on the little cot that she's there on. And she just says out loud, Omega, where are you? The more she has time to think, the more Sayora thinks about her son. So she's screaming out for Quest, asking him if he's okay, telling him to say something. So she starts kicking at the door and there's a little crack in it. So she starts to kick harder, but she stops when she hears a set of keys on the outside of it. And then she hears Omega's voice saying, baby, are you in there? Come on, Sayora, say something to let me know that you're all right. And then Omega tells someone to take Quest to the car and that the guy is going to talk one way or the other. So Roach ain't saying nothing. And so they shoot him. And he's like, because there's a key to unlock the door that Sayora is in and he wouldn't tell them which one it was. So after they shot him, then he tells them which key it was. So, you know, when Omega opens the door... They rush to each other and they're embracing each other. But then he pulls back and starts pulling on her clothes and looking at her body to make sure that they didn't touch her. And he's like, you know, did they touch you? She's like, no. You sure? And she's like, uh, yes, Omega. You know, I was kidnapped, but they didn't do anything. I've just been sitting here. And Jay comes and says, you know, I'm with all this lovey-dovey shit, but we need to go. It's not like we could just sit here with the nigga in the trunk. I got connections, but I don't know if my shit that good. And he's like, you know, I got you. And Jay says that Roach is coming with them. I don't trust this. I got Hollister already cleaning this shit up as we speak. And FaZe comes in and he's smiling and says, you know, you had this nigga ready to shoot up the city for you. You better not be on no bullshit like your sister. You got a good one. Do right by him. And so then she looks at Saint, you know, like it's Nikki. And he says, yeah, her mean ass is okay. She's still in the hospital. And they're going to keep her overnight for observation. And he tells her, you know, call her. She has her phone. And that mean ass pregnant one is with her. And Faye tells her, man, watch your mouth. I could talk about her, but you can't. He's like, man, if you don't come on here, don't be mad at me because you impregnated Satan. <laughs> and Omega promises her, you know, this will never happen again. And I put that on my life. Just the thought of never touching you again or seeing you again had me ready to. I know we ain't been at this long, but I love you. And once again, he promises, you know, this will never happen again. And when she gets in the backseat with Quest, you know, he says, mommy. And they cry together. And it's just like, wow, this is crazy. And Sayora is in the hospital with Nikki. And says, you know, I didn't tell him that his bitch-ass baby mama was behind this. I got something for her, though, as soon as I get my hands on her. But Nikki lets her know he knows. She's the one that hit me on the head and snatched uh, Quest. I told Saint before I kicked his ass out of my hospital room. The bastard. And Brielle interjects and tells Sayora that she needs to leave this shit alone anyway and let Omega handle her. You don't need to get in any more trouble behind bullshit than you already are. So Sayora pops up like bullshit. 
It ain't bullshit when my son is involved. When it comes to him, the gloves are the gloves are off. And I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about it. And it's quiet for a moment, but you can tell that it's tension. And Brielle says, you know, I just don't want anything to happen to y'all. I know I come off as a bitch at times. A lot of that is misplaced anger and frustration because of the, sh of the shit show my life is. But my intentions are always good. You know that I know what you do for Quest is not bullshit. I was just saying that Morgan ain't worth it. Let Omega handle the problem. I love y'all. And for a brief moment, I thought I had lost both of y'all. And, you know, they get into a group hug and they start crying. And their mom walks, walks in like, you know, what the hell is going on? And Sayora says, Detective Greer and Morgan. And the mom is like, who the hell is Morgan? But then they daddy walk in and, you know, they know it's over now because daddy means business. And he says, that boy she been dealing with is his baby mama. And who the fuck is supposed to be sitting outside this room? Why the hell ain't Saint or Omega sitting out there? And this is this surprises the girls because it's just like we ain't told him that we was messing with them. So how they how does he know? But it's like y'all daddy is the man. He literally knows everything. Why do y'all think y'all could hide anything from him? So Daddy Mayhew is like, tell me what's going on right now and don't leave nothing out. And Sayor tells him, you know, Morgan is connected to the woman I killed in the accident. I didn't know that she was Omega's baby mama. She's in her feelings because she said I took everything from her. And now that I'm with Omega, she thinks I'm taking that too. So that nigga, as you called him, ain't got nothing to do with her psychotic ass. And... Her dad says, you know, that nigga should have been with you. I would have never let your mother go out alone knowing she had an enemy out there. And Sayora's riding for her nigga. She's like, first of all, daddy, he didn't let me do anything. I left the house while he was asleep. He asked me a while ago to stop taking Ubers, but I didn't listen. I was too focused on getting at Rochelle that I didn't want. I didn't watch my surroundings and made a horrible mistake. Omega feels fucked up enough about all of this, and I don't need anything or anyone else making that worse. So, you know, he let that go. When he turns to Nikki, he's like, who did this to you? Morgan. She walked in, hit me in the head with a tire iron and said, Sayora took everything from her and she was going to do the same thing, starting with me and Quest. And so after that, the door opens and Omega and Saint walk in and, you know, they're like, oh, shit. But Quest wakes up and hollers out, oh, and he goes and runs to omega's arms and quest says thank you for saving us i knew you would come i told the man that you shot in the legs that you were going to come and beat him up and you know like this is kind of embarrassing because he didn't want that said in front of the dad but he tells quest i'm gonna always protect y'all i should have never let it get as far as it did but as long as i'm breathing i'm gonna be where you need me to be and quest is like i know that duh that's why i said thank you and I'm ready to see my best friend, which is little OJ. And Omega smiles and walks over to Sayora and whispers something in her ear. And then he kisses her temple and turns towards their dad and says, you know, can I holler at you for a minute? And then Nikki turns to Saint and says, you can leave with them. And he's like, you know, sweetheart, I, she said, don't call me that. You lost privileges, your privileges, excuse me, to call me that. And he's like, I know you mad, but you're going to hear me out. 
and he goes to the side of the bed and their mom clears her throat and he's looking at her ready to say something until he realizes that it's not Brielle and that's who he thought she was and she's like you know does that make it any better you think you're going to be dating my daughter and talking to her like that and he's like no ma'am she says so try again and this is amusing to Nikki because he can't say any asshole shit like he normally says and so he asks her you know Nikki will you please hear me out can you please leave my head is not in a good space right now and so he looks as if he's gonna leave but then he turns around and says what he wants to say anyway I divorced her years ago but she was on some bullshit and never signed him I didn't think anything of it because she was the one who wanted the divorce when she came back she was on some us getting back together but i told her that's that wasn't what i was on we had the papers drawn up again and i watched as she signed them and so did i they were just signed by the judge i'm feeling you i wouldn't lie to you about nothing like that it's in the public records you can look it up should i have told you that i was married before probably but that's irrelevant to me but that was my fuck up for assuming that it would be irrelevant to you too my bad for that and he walks out and she's feeling a little bit better at the fact that he didn't lie and he's not actually married and mama mayhew says well if it's any help i kind of like him he doesn't take shit from anybody neither of them they both remind me of your father and so before their parents went on a little vacation to florida brielle was planning a sit down to tell them that she was pregnant so when the mom looks at her and says, what did you have to tell you? She says nothing. Let's focus on Nikki and Sayora right now. Then we'll talk about that later. So that causes them to laugh because it's like, yeah, bitch, you hiding, but okay. And Sayora looks down at Quest, who is flipping through his phone, and she snatches it out of his hand, asking him, where did he get this? And he says, you know, I told you that was my daddy's friend. I took a picture of his shirt because I wanted to see what it says. And so when Brielle sees it, she says, I can't do this. And she gets up and run out of the room. So Quest says, you know, did I do something wrong? And Sayor has to tell him, no, the man on that shirt did something bad to your Aunt Bree. And it makes her upset to think about it. And Quest says, oh, so I'll just get Omega to shoot him. And then everything will be all good, right? He only shoots bad people. And it's just like, boy, boy, boy. So Brielle is standing outside of the hospital room crying and she's about to have a panic attack. So she reaches into her purse for her pills, but she doesn't know if she should take them with her being pregnant. And as soon as she thinks about her baby, she like finally gets her breathing under control and she can relax. So Sayora comes outside to check on her and Bri just says, this can't be happening. We don't even know what that means. Don't let it take you there. How can you say not to let it take me there when that's what changed my whole life? He took everything from me and you're telling me not to take it there? And, you know, whoever this, the Detective Greer guy, he has on a shirt with a picture with an R.I.P. Gary on it. And, you know, it's like whoever Gary is, he ruined and did something to Brie and you know after 
whatever happened, her dad came home and told her that she didn't have to worry about Gary anymore. And she thought her life would move on. But apparently that's not the case. And so she leaves and rushes to the elevator, hoping to get on there alone. But that's not the case because Saint steps on and tells her, you know, Face has been calling you or saying he's been trying to get in contact with you. You know, are you good? And she looks down at her shaking hands and so does Saint. So he's trying to get eye, at eye level with her. And she says, you know, I'm fine. I'll call Faze now. I don't believe you. And so he grabs her arm and spins her around. But she jerks and takes a step back. So he throws his hands up and surrender. He's like, you know, I'm just trying to make sure you're okay. I swear all you Matthew women are difficult as fuck. And she says, well, if you can't handle the heat, I mean... And you know, you know what that means. You can't handle the heat. Get up out the kitchen. And Omega and her dad are having a heated discussion outside. And Daddy Mayhew says, those five up there in that hospital room are everything to me. I will do whatever the fuck I have to do to make sure that they are good. Even if it means making decisions for them that are in their best interest. I don't trust you where their safety is concerned. And until I do, it's a wrap. With all due respect, I love Sayora and Quest. Shit is all fucked up, but I can promise you that it won't happen again. With that being said, there ain't no one or nothing that can keep me out of their lives as long as there's breath in my body. You must not know who I am. Yeah, I know exactly who you are, but there ain't a man that's walking this earth that pumps fear into my heart. I'll go to war with the fucking devil himself for Sayora, OJ, and Quest. That's just what it is. And I mean that in the most respectful way possible. Brielle used to date Gary, but she met Gary in high school. He was super smart, but quiet. And he would always just stand around and stare at people. And one day out of the blue, he stopped and talked to her after school. She was a little hesitant, but he turned out to be like a nice guy. And from that point on, they started dating. And after he started talking to her, he caught the attention of other girls, you know, which surprised her because he never paid them any attention but her. The rest of the school year, it was just them two, and he was set off to go to school, and that's when he asked her to be his girlfriend. So before that, because they said, like, she was his person, but, you know, his person, that kind of means, like, soulmate and people, you know, that you're attached to. But anyway... She said yes to being his girlfriend, and then she started developing feelings for him during their friendship stage. And a week after he left for college, he came right back home. He would never say why he had to come back, but later she found out that he tested positive for opioids during a routine drug test that the players were subject to. And so after that, he was never the same. He started hanging out with the wrong crowd, barely had any time for her and when she would call him he would cuss her out and hang up in her face then act as if nothing ever happened so she became tired of that routine and broke up with him and so for months he begged her to take him back telling her you know that he was getting help for his addiction and things would be better and she had just gotten to the point where she was doing fine without him and she didn't want to put herself back in that cycle so he invites her to his apartment so that they can talk. She had a gut feeling not to go, but at the end of the day, they were friends and she loved him. 
So against her better judgment, she went. Things started off good, but when she told him that she didn't know she wanted to go there with him and that they should just remain friends, he flipped. He beat and raped her until she passed out. He probably would have killed her had that the neighbors come home and called the police due to the noise. And the police ended up pressing charges, you know, when she was in the hospital. But one week after the incident, her dad came and told her that she would never have to worry about Gary again. So a few months later after that, she ended up meeting Everett, who was her husband. And he stepped up to the plate where her mental health was concerned and gave daddy Mayhew his word that he would protect her at all costs so they got married shortly after and then he entered the draft and her life was thrown into a whirlwind so she didn't have time to focus on herself it was all about Everett and being his wife and you know she's just sitting in her car and she starts bawling until there's a knock on the window and at first Faze is looking at her like, girl, I've been calling your damn phone all day. But when he realizes that she's been crying, he starts tugging on the door and pulls her out and says, who did it? I'll kill them. So they still have Roach tied up and this nigga is pleading for his life. He's like, man, please let me go. I don't know nothing. And Saint tells him, man, shut your bitch ass up. You was real gangster when you was snatching up people wives and shit, but now now you begging for your life. This shit is a part of the of the game. Live with it. He like, man, Greer called me with a load of dope and he said I had to do what he said if I wanted to stay out of jail. I got kids, man. And it's like, why all of a sudden everybody wanna throw around the fact that they got kids? The woman that you kidnapped also had a kid. So you know, like, what does that mean? And Saint man, Saint says, man, this nigga don't know shit. Let me pop him so we can finish doing what we got to do and go home. And Roach starts pleading for his life. He's like, no, don't kill me. The house that we were at, that ain't his house. I know where his real house is. That was just the place he meets his CIs. He's like, you know, I could take you there. And Hollister comes in with a guy who looks as if he's Indian and says, no need for that. Ian already got all that information. So Omega walks over, oh, excuse me, to him and puts two shots into his head. And Hollister introduces the guy as Ian. And he says, this is my guy that makes everything happen. And so Omega asks right away, you know, like, if you don't mind me asking, how did you get that video? So Ian points to his bag and pulls out a black jewelry box and tilts it to where he can see it. And Saint says, man, that's one of them stupid ass infinity necklaces that all of the women want from Zales or some shit. And Ian says, you know, that's what it's supposed to look like. But each diamond in this necklace is a camera with audio. And, you know, they don't believe it until they can pull it up. And the necklace that Omega is looking at, you can look right up his nose. And he says, you know, the goal was to use this to get information on Monster to help Sayora's case. But like I said, I play to win. So I made sure that I can win every case that comes across me. What we didn't know is that we were going to come up with something like this, but I'm glad we did. 
and he tells him, you know, I got somebody sitting on Greer's house. We called up to the precinct and he's not there. So as soon as we hear anything, you'll be the first to know. Monster, Morgan, nothing on Morgan. And Ian interjects and says, yeah, she's been dealing with a ball player and he just flew into Charlotte. So if we can find him, I'm guaranteed we can find her. And if not, I'll put a few people on it. This There isn't a soul walking this earth that I can't get my hands on. And so he says, monster. And Hollister tells him Jay wants to handle that. He killed my mother. I know. And so does Jay. You'll get the call as soon as we have something. Go home. No, go get your girl and go home. He's like, man, I'm not going back to the house. And I'm damn sure not taking my family. So Hollister gives him a key to a condo that he has and says, here, you can stay here for a while. And Omega tries to refuse, but he's like, you know... Sometimes you just need motherfuckers in your corner for shit like this. It doesn't make you less of a man to accept a little help. Your family is the most important thing right now. Focus on them and let the people you pay a lot do what we do. Sayora gets up in the middle of the night and she hears sniffling at the end of the bed. And Omega is crying. You know, he hasn't really had time to mourn his mom because he was so focused on getting her and Quest back. So now that he has them back safe and sound, it finally hit him that his mother's gone. Like he knew eventually she was gonna die from drugs, but he figured it would be an overdose instead of someone actually killing her. So Sayora consoles him and you know, they have a conversation and then it turns to the talk of Morgan and Sayora says, I'm gonna handle her. But Omega tells her, no the fuck you're not. You're going to take care of our boys. I got her. I got everyone who thought it was a good idea to come for mine. And at this point, no one is safe. When it's time for Nikki to be released from the hospital and she goes home, she comes home to a vandalized house. Someone has TP'd her house and spray painted home wrecker across her front door. And she immediately calls Saint and tells him, you know, get to my house right now. And she's just thinking what pissed her off from the very beginning is that he was so judgmental about her situation. But yet he's sitting here, you know, putting her in the same situation that he wanted her out of so bad. And it's like his wife or ex-wife, she barely knows her. But she came to her house and TP'd her house like she's in high school. And they get in the house waiting for Saint to show up. And Sayori said something about Saint, I mean, Omega driving her crazy. And then next thing you know, we she's running to the bathroom and throwing up. And their mom is also there and she's smiling because she knows what that means. And... Nikki mothers, you know, how both of these bitches going to be pregnant at the same time? They know I ain't got no friends. Now I got to be sober and get fat with them because they, because uh, all they want to do is eat. So the mom is looking like, excuse me? So Nikki spills the tea that Bree is pregnant. And that's what she wanted to tell y'all, but never got the chance. So Sayora comes out of the bathroom and says, "Ugh, it must be something I ate. Their mom is like, girl, you pregnant. She's like, no, I can't be. But she turns right around to the bathroom to throw up again. And Nikki tells her, you know, there's a box of pregnancy tests under the counter. And the mom was looking at her like, 
a whole box and she's like well you know i was with brandon i kept them just in case but i'm not like them other two irresponsible heifers see i'm your angel and the mom was like girl and your sister is pregnant by her husband that's different and she's like um it's just like damn nikki you can't shut up for one minute it's bad enough that you told that she's pregnant but then you also got to tell them that it ain't efforts that ain't none of your business so the mama just says jesus fix it and while Sayori's in the bathroom, she doesn't want to open the door. And her mom says, your ass ain't been out a good year yet. And you done got yourself knocked up. Do you even love this man? See a future with him? And Omega comes through the door and says she's better. And so the bathroom door quickly unlocks. And the mom was like, oh, you unlock the door for him. But you want to unlock the door for me. And she's like, so what does it say? And she ain't paying her mom no attention. Once again, when Sayora and Omega get around each other, they're like the only two people in the room. And, you know, he calls her name. And she looks at him and nods her head. So he smiles and, like, picks her up and twirls her around. And she says, I'm pregnant. And he says, my baby is having my baby. And he looks at Sayora and says, I love you. She says, I love you, too. So Nikki all up in their business, almost some aww. And then she turned around and sees Saint. And so the smile on her face quickly turns into a frown. She says, and you, you tell that bitch. But as soon as she gets started, he grabs her and puts his tongue down her throat. And Nikki says, you know, you need to tell your wife to stay the fuck away from me and my house. Because if I get my hands on her, I'm fucking her up on sight. And he's like, man, she ain't my wife. I told you that you're my wife. You just don't know it yet. And she's like, man, I don't even know if I can trust you right now. And that bothers me. So until I feel I can, there's nothing more that we can do. And all he says is okay. And he's like, you know, for now, you need to get my house fixed and tell that dizzy bitch to stay away from me. So he reaches into his pocket and pulls out some papers and hand it to her. And he tells her, you know, I got Maya. She won't be a problem. And I got a guy coming to clean up your house. Somebody was watching your house in case something happens. Oh, no. Somebody's like watching her house now in case anything happens. So he's like, you know, I got to go. Call me if you need me. I know you won't because you don't listen. But we're going to talk about this. I'll let you decide if you want to do this the easy way or the hard way. And so Omega also comes out and says, you know, I got something to handle as well. The boys are with Steph. And stay with your sister and your mom until I get done. There's a guy out front in a black suburban. You know, he can take you wherever he go. Don't get into any more Ubers. And she's like, man, I know. I got it. He says, man, lose the attitude. I'm just trying to keep you safe until this shit blows over. And so they both head out. And they're like, you know, what are the papers that Saint gave you? And it was his divorce papers. And that puts a smile on her face. Morgan calls... Detective Greer pissed off that Sayora was found and, you know, she's no longer in his custody. And they began working together when she showed up to the police station pissed off that Sayora was getting out of jail or she got out of jail. And he pulled her into his office and they had a conversation. And she told him that she still had a key to Omega's house, which I find to be very foolish um because i don't care as soon as we break up locks change you have no more access to nothing 
And that sometimes be the problem with these niggas. Y'all think y'all untouchable. You raise your voice a little bit and you just think that's it. Like, nigga, if I got a key to your house, I'm still coming in. So anyway, that's how she got in and she still knew anything. I mean, you know, like codes are where the cameras was and it was easy to get in and get out. But Gary was Detective Gurr's son. So any chance he can have to take a shot at Martin Mayhew, he's going to take it. And so, you know, he had planned on using his connections to help Gary stay out of jail you know, during the trial of him being accused of raping and beating Brielle. But, you know, of course, Gary was found dead a week later and there's no leads on his case. And so, you know, he moved to Charlotte to basically do whatever he can to bring Papa Mayhew down. And Monster helped him, you know, stick it to Martin by telling Sayora that they had information on him murdering Gary and that they would go public if she said anything. So, you know, with the connections that her dad had back then and still do have, and like he told her to be quiet while she was in the hospital, she could have gotten off. But after hearing that her precious father would be in jail with her, she laid down and just took the plea. And this is what I don't understand. Because as a dad who's in the drug game, but that's also the daddy's fault. It's like, if you're going to be a part of this life, you can hit them to what's going on without making them be a part of it. Because you're trying to keep it away from them. Look what, look what happened. All they had to do was sell her, you know, we can send your dad to jail too. And she just laid down and take the time. It's like, you ain't got no faith in your daddy and what he does. It's almost like you don't believe that he has the connections that he has. And you just laid down and took the time. But anyway, uh, I was going to call him doctor. Detective Greer is walking up to his door. So consumed with the thoughts of Papa Mayhew, he says, I wish the motherfucker would just die already. And someone comes up behind him and says, you first. And it's Papa Mayhew with a gun to the back of his head. And Detective Greer tries to move his hand to get his service pistol. And Papa Mayhew says, I heard you were looking for me. And he brings his gun down on the back of his head. And he snatches the detective's gun from him and tells him, you know, open the door. Detective says, fuck you. Cool. And the gun comes down on his head a few more times before he blacks out. Monster shows up to Detective Greer's house later that night, you know, thinking he's going to run up on him to get his son back. But he is actually confronted by a gun. And he turns around to the voice of nephew, what's good? I've been missing you. So when he turns around and sees his uncle, so I'm right. That was just a little typo from earlier. That's his uncle. It's an uncle, nephew, not cousin. And he says, damn, Jay, you scared the shit out of me. What are you doing here? Same thing you are. I called you a few times and you didn't answer. What's up with that? I just been busy. You know how it is. Making money. This nigga here fucked with my shorty. That's why I'm here. And Monster pulls his gun out, but his uncle tells him, you won't be needing that. We're we're handling it for you. So he holds his hands out for the gun. And Monster acts as if he doesn't want to give it. He's like, I know you better put that gun in my hand. And now Jay has his gun at Monster's temple. 
and he's trying to calculate if he has enough time to raise his gun before he's shot and he know he doesn't and so he tries to play it off like you know i'm out i'll deal with this another time no nah, nephew that ain't gonna work either and he chuckles and then he's joined by someone else and it's phase and when he sees phase's face he said he knows it's the end for him and he's like you know what's going on some heavy shit if you don't put that gun in my hand you're starting to piss me off and knowing that he doesn't have a choice he puts the gun in jay's hand and jay nods for him to walk further into the house and when he gets into the living room he notices that detective greer is on the ground not moving and suddenly he's attacked and it's omega omega not letting up he giving him straight punches he is whooping his ass but jay says damn can i holler at him first before you kill him and for a minute it seemed like omega was not gonna stop and jay tells him like you know you're gonna get to kill him just let me talk to him first and it's like you know he says he killed my mother he kidnapped my girl and my son and that's the only thing that pissed monster off he's like that's my son no matter if you kill me or not he's still mine and Omega says, no, nah, he's mine. And when I marry Sayora, I'm changing his name. I'll make sure he don't even remember who the fuck you are. And so anyway, um, Jay asks, all I want to know is how can you set your family up? So Monster tries to lie. And he's like, man, don't even try it. I made sure you ate and you do me like this. That's fucked up. But I'm going to let my nigga here finish you off. And he knows, or he think he knows, that Detective Greer sold him out and you know then daddy mayhew asks what did what did you tell sayora to make her take that deal and he doesn't even say anything he just looks in his face and papa mayhew understands what that means and so after that everybody done asks his ask their questions omega goes right back to whooping his ass like he literally beat him to death with his bare hands so now it's um detective Grist's turn and you know he starts groaning and omega is headed his way and papa may he was like no nah, that's all mine and so he goes over to the de uh detective greer and says so you mad i killed the motherfucker that raped and beat my baby and so this is news to all of them except for phase so omega and saint walk over and says who who do you mean who was raped and beaten? And Faye says it wasn't Sayora or Nikki. And Papa Mayhew looked at him because, you know, he knows about Omega and Saint. He don't know about Faye's. And he tells him, you know, we've been together for a long time. There's more, but it ain't my place to tell. Talk to Bree about that. And Papa Mayhew was like, I go to Florida for, uh, Florida for a little while and come back to all this shit. And Detective Greer says, you killed my son. He was going to jail. Why would you kill him? And it's like, you knew your son wasn't going to jail because you was going to try to get him off. And Papa Mayhew says, no, nah, jail was too good for him. I did what the fuck I was supposed to do as a father. And had I known that you were his father, I would have killed you a long time ago for raising that piece of shit. And that's the last thing that Papa Mayhew said before he, he grabbed his knife and he just stabbed Detective Greer over and over and over. And... Jay looks at his phone and he has a message and says, damn, this nigga brought backup. And they're like, what you talking about? So he goes to the door and some big burly guy 
has his hands around Brandon's neck. And he's like, are you ready for us to come in and clean up? Or do you want us to deal with him first? And Saint says, no, give me two minutes. And he's like, damn, you made it easier on me. Because I was coming after you after we was done with this. And, you know, I was coming after you on the strength of the disrespect. But if you hanging around that nigga, that means you're a snake. So Brandon tries to lie and say, you know, I just, I just gave him a ride. And Saint says, lucky for you, I'm a lazy nigga when it comes to taking a life. I ain't got time for beatings and stabbings and all that type of stuff. So he fires three shots into Brandon's head and he did. And that's it. So all of the enemies, except for Morgan at this point, are taken care of. So Brielle has been in a hotel, you know, just trying to take some time to herself. But her mom, her sisters, and Everett have been blowing up her phone. And FaZe asks her, you know, who keeps calling your phone? She tells him, you know, don't start with me. I'm tired and all I want to do is sleep. This baby is kicking my ass and your mouth ain't helping. And he says he should be kicking your ass for the way you treat his daddy. And she's packing a bag, I believe, to go to his house that her dad calls. And she tries to, you know, say, dad, I'm going to call you back. He's like, no, you need to tell me what's going on. What the hell is this I hear about you being pregnant by this FaZe character? I met him last night. And she's like, what do you mean you met him last night? And who told you I was pregnant? So she looks over at FaZe thinking that he's the one that told on her. And her daddy says, don't worry about how I know. Just know that I do. I don't know what's going on with you and your sisters, but I need to see all of y'all. And don't make me call and ask again. So as soon as her dad hangs up, you know, she's on Faye's head. Like, are you serious? You told my dad about me being pregnant while you were out with him doing God knows what? You had no right to do that. And Faye tells her, you know, first of all, you need to calm down. I didn't tell your daddy nothing. He was speaking on that shit with Gary and noticed that I was heated. I told him that we were together and left it at that. That's all I said. So what is the big deal? You acting like it's a secret or something. And he's like, you know... He asks her again, what is the big deal? What, you trying to get rid of my baby? You trying to do some grimy shit behind my back? Is that what this is about? Be straight with me. Let me know what this really is. And she's like, what? No, this baby has nothing to do with the fact that I don't want people in my business. I was going to tell them, but when I was ready, but now you took that away from me. And he's like, man, what did I just tell you? I just told you that I did not tell them anything. And... Excuse me. And he's like, you know what? This ain't got nothing to do with your dad, does it? And she says, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, Bria. So he walks over and gives her a kiss and then grabs his keys. And she's like, so you're mad at me because I don't want my family in my business? I'm so confused. And he's like, man, stop playing with me. You're worried about the motherfuckers who treat you like shit. You're trying to keep this from your husband, the one you're always crying to me about. And she says, you know, that's not fair. You knew I was married. I'm trying to make the best out of this situation. I'm going to tell him, but I owe him the decency to hear it from me. Owe him? You don't owe him shit. For years, you let him control you and fuck around on you. For what? Because you were comfortable in the cushy lifestyle he provided? That's a lie. He was there for me during the um, one of the worst times of my life. I can't say fuck him. He said fuck you when he had that bitch, uh, bitch in the house you shared. He's been said, fuck you, but here you are ready to give up what we got, something real. At least to me it is. What do we have, FaZe, besides this baby? And as soon as she says it, she regrets it. And she's like, I didn't mean that. He's like, nah, you good. All I ask is that you don't keep me out of my baby's life. 
don't mess with me on that. I'm going to turn turn into a completely different person. And she's like, you know, I would never do that. But you're taking what I said the wrong way. He's like, no, nah, I heard you loud and clear. And she's like, you know, you act like I'm the only one with bullshit going on. You got a line of bitches just waiting for you and you expect me to be okay with that? That's the same kind of situation. I don't know if I'm mentally prepared to deal with that. And he's like, man, you sound stupid as hell. Do I have a past? Yes, I do. But think about that. How long have you been here? Has my phone rung and I'm not answered it in front of you? Has a bitch ever walked up to you and confronted you about some shit when it comes to me? I've been with you every day. Unless I'm working. Have I not answered the phone when you called? Even at, um, even after you've pissed me off. Think about that, Brie. And when you figure it out, I'll be at home. And so as he's leaving, Everett is coming through the door. And he's like, you know, who is this? And FaZe looks at her. And then he chuckles. And then he knocks Everett the fuck out. And her hand flies to her mouth. As he just casually walks over him and walks out the door. So she yells out phase, but he doesn't even turn around. And Everett is groaning on the floor, but she just closes the door and, you know, basically walks away like, man, fuck him. So Nikki is sitting in between Bree and Sayora as their dad is standing in front of them, basically about to cuss all their asses out. And he's like, so both of y'all are pregnant. And he's like, you know, I don't even know what to say about this. Because he was saying how, when. And he's like, you know what? I don't even want to know all of that. Then he looks at Nikki. He's like, what do you have to do with this? She's like, nothing. I'm not pregnant. I'm good. And then Sayora says, Omega is Nikki's boss. I met him. Dad, like, I already know all of that. And they start a little mini argument. She's like, you not finna blame this all on me. I'm not the one that got you pregnant. And their dad cuts them off like, you know, y'all are my babies. I don't care how old y'all get. Y'all will always be my babies. I want what's best for y'all. Y'all can't fault me for that. And Sayora says, Daddy, I know you met Omega in a messed up way, but I promise he's what's best for me. And he has to let them know that Gary was the detective's son and he grew up with his mother. So he never put the two together. He didn't see a reason to. And he's like, you know, yeah, so it was me that he had the problem with. And I'm sorry you had to go through all of that because of me. I hate that for you. And Sayora says, no, absolutely not. I won't let you take on that burden. You can't control the actions of no one but you. You did what you did to protect your family. And so did I. And he's like, you know, what are you talking about? Greer told me that he had proof that you killed Gary. Said that Missy and Monster gave it to him. And if I didn't take the plea deal that they were going to use it against you. I could have gotten out of it, but I stayed to protect this family and I would do it all over again. So, you know, they have a little group hug, family moment, and everybody tells their story. Well, no, it's Bree's turn. And, you know, she's running down everything that happened. And Daddy Mayhew says, I'm going to kill him. And she's like, no, daddy, when I told him I was pregnant by another man, it killed him. The look in his eyes made all the shit I dealt with better. Oh, excuse me. And so Nikki asks, so what are you going to do about FaZe? I love him. I just need to fix me before I can give all of me to him. And she's like, you know, did you tell him that? No, not yet, but I will. If he loves me like he says he does, he'll be patient while I figure things out. I want to be with him, but I don't 
want our situation to end up bad because I'm still living in my head. And her mom says, that's right, baby. If a man loves you, he'll be there for you in your storm and hold the umbrella while you fight through it. But he can't do that if you don't talk to him about it. And Daddy Mayhew just has to say something. He's like, and divorce that motherfucker ASAP. And Brielle says, you know, Sayora already hooked me up with her lawyer. And he's made a few guarantees. So we'll see where that goes. And... Sayora assures him, she's like, you know, Hollister is the shit. We got court next week. Monster won't show and he'll press for me to get full custody. And I believe him. He ain't failed me yet. So Nikki kind of got away scot-free because the Sayora and Brielle situation is so heavy. Ain't nobody asks her no more questions. But she gets a text message from Saint asking her where she is. You know, don't make me come find you. But she doesn't answer. He's like, you know what? Don't even worry about it. So after they leave their parents' house, they go to phase two, which is Phase's bar and grill on the other side of town. And when they get there, Saint is in the parking lot talking to a woman. And when she gets there, she sees who the woman is. And so she says, really, Saint? And then she goes for the woman, Maya, and says, you think you cute, bitch? You think fucking up the outside of my house was a good idea? And she starts whooping Maya's ass and Saint is trying to pull her off when he yells out oh fuck and he has a knife wound in his arm and Maya is standing there with a pocket knife and he tells her you know like he pushes her back but excuse me and Nikki slaps him but, you know, he just stands in front of her like, you know, you ain't moving, so you might as well pipe down. And so he puts a gun to Maya's head because, you know, it's still broad daylight outside. And Maya tries to run, but he catches her by the back of her shirt and brings her back. He's like, what the fuck did I tell you? Why are you making this so hard? We haven't been together in years. And you pull this bullshit? Because I still love you. You never had time for me. It made me feel like shit. But you're ready to give this bitch the world. I saw you with her. I've been watching you. Walking through downtown Charlotte. We never did that. You doing shit with her that you never done with me. I don't give a fuck about that, Maya. You wanted a divorce and I gave that to you. I didn't want a divorce. I wanted your attention. And it's just like, sis, you just couldn't say that? You don't... But see, that'd be the problem with ultimatums. You got to be prepared for the answer either way that it goes. And you weren't ready for the, okay, here go the divorce. And so at the end of the night, Sayora and Brielle still trying to fight. But you got FaZe and Omega like, man, if y'all don't go sit down somewhere. And, you know, Omega and FaZe are checking on Saint to make sure he's okay and Faye says man these fucking Mayhew women are going to be the death of us and he looks at Brie but he just takes off into his restaurant and doesn't say anything to her so her feelings are hurt so Brie jumps in her car and takes off and Nikki is trying to leave but Saint makes her get into the car with him and they go back to his place and you know he goes up to his bedroom to take a shower and for a moment, they're just standing at each other. And right when she's about to make a move, he slams the door in her face. So she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm out of here. 
And, but he tells her, you know, leave this house if you want to. And I promise you, you won't like what comes next. Try me if you want to. So the next day, Sayora and Nikki are on the phone together. And this fool still ain't said nothing to her. He won't let her go home, but he won't talk to her either. And... <laughs> Sayora finds this so funny, but she's like, man, this ain't funny. I've been over here like I'm in silent lunch or some shit. I swear I'm over this. And she sees Saint on the phone smiling. So she asks him, you know, who are you on the phone with? And he's on the phone with Omega. So Omega is crying, laughing, you know, at the fact that she's basically act like a spoiled little baby. And she's like, you know what? I'm over this. I'm about to leave. Fuck this. So Saint says try it and she's like man he's so childish i'm over it it ain't my fault that that bitch cut you you mad at me because you need stitches and he tells her but it is your fault i told your hard-headed ass about reacting didn't i you went into that shit not knowing what the fuck she was capable of that knife was meant for you not me what if she would have stabbed your dumb ass that's your problem you always on that raw raw shit and Sayora asks, you know, is he going to let you come to lunch with us later? She's like, man, he don't tell me what the fuck to do. But she had to whisper it, though, which made Sayora laugh even harder. And she's like, you know what? I'll see you at three and good luck in court. So they go to court and they want to know, like, who's the lawyer? And when Hollister tells them that it's still probably Rochelle. And it's like, bitch, didn't I threaten to take your whole life away if you didn't stop trying to represent monster i mean he did anyway but you know anyway and hollister tells him you know i just didn't want y'all to be blindsided by anything but she is taking over the case and he tells her you know there are two ways we can go about this and it's up to you how far it goes so when they're in court Rochelle tells the judge that her client had to leave town because he was threatened by Sayora's father and she would like to ask, ask the court for a continuance to locate him. And she says, you know, this case was put on the docket at the last minute. I only got the notification last week and have been unable to reach my client about this motion. I have reason to believe that something happened to him. So Hollister interrupts and says, your honor, this is a court of law and not a place to be thrown around wild accusations with no proof. Mrs. Tilly has already crossed some very thin lines when it comes to the law in this case. For her to go this far is absurd. And, you know, so the judge asks, do you have any evidence of what you're saying? The last time I spoke with my client, he said that he was going to have to leave Charlotte for a while. He told me that his son and his son's mother was missing. And after he found them, he was going to leave town because her father was going to come after him. Missing? I was never missing. What are you talking about? My father hasn't talked to nor seen Monster. You just don't know when to stop, do you? Monster lied to you. He played you. And it's like, girl, you are... You're supposed to let your attorney talk. You ain't supposed to be saying nothing. So the judge says, order. Order in the courtroom. One more outburst and you'll be held in contempt. And he's like, you know, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not allowing it in my courtroom. So Hollister says, your honor, this was brought to my attention last night. I think this has a lot to do with all of this. So he walks up to the judge and hands him a folder and says, all of this has been turned into the board along with a few other things. So as the judge is looking in the folder, he keeps glancing up and looking at Rochelle. And when he's done looking at it, he says, in my chambers now, court is in recess. 
After they got out of Chambers, Mrs. Tilly was highly pissed off, so much so that she was arrested and held in contempt of court. Hollister emailed the documents that he had of all her transgressions, along with the video of her and Monster to her husband and the board. He was sure that she was about to lose her license to practice law. And so later on, the three sisters are out together while Nikki is drinking and the other two just have to watch her. So Sayora actually, you know, Saint is still tripping. She's like, girl, is he? Let me tell you what he did last night. So, you know, he ain't talking to me. So we went out to eat and didn't say not one word to each other. I was okay with that because we went to my favorite spot and I focused on my food and listening to <laughs> Equivalent Exchange by Christina C. Jones. I like her books too, um, but it was the audio. So she says, when we left, I asked him to take me home, but he said no. So we get back to his house and he climbs in the bed butt naked and undresses her and they have sex and then he turns around and turns his back to her and goes to sleep. And it's just like, nigga, really? That's what you're doing? So Missy has been calling Ian for two days and hasn't gotten an answer out of him. So when her phone vibrates and she looks at the number, she doesn't recognize it. So she answers and says, hello, who's there? How are you, Missy? How did you get this number? And she says, is there any way to speak to an old friend? I just want a chance to talk to you before it's no longer an option. What do you want? You have your son, you have your man, and you got your life back. Just let the past be the past. Let the past be the past, huh? And it's like, bitch, that's real convenient when it's your turn. You just want her to let it go. It's like, if I had not had the dad that I have and the connections that he have, I could have been sitting in the jail for the rest of my life and y'all would have been off living freely well not freely because it didn't turn out the way missy expected but it's like you would have been out free doing whatever that nigga told you to do and sayora says i just got one question that i've always wanted to know it really doesn't matter either way but it's just been sitting in the back of my mind why would you do this i was the only one in your corner you thought you were the only one in my corner Monster was there for me way more than you ever were. He made sure that I was good, just like he did you. He just couldn't get past those light brown eyes. You were the poster child of perfection, and he was drawn to you, but I had his heart. You never had his heart, sweetie. You had his dick. There's a difference. If he loved you so much, then why in the fuck would he set you up to go to jail? He could have easily said it was me, but he didn't. So I would most definitely check your theory again. You see where that got him. By the way, nice house. Ian hooked it up real nice for you and the kids. And so Missy is nervous now. She's looking around the house and she runs to the front door and locks it. Then does the same to the back. You don't have to lock all of your doors. I'm not coming there. My dad wanted to, but I told him you weren't worth it. And she's starting to realize that Ethan is, uh, Ethan, Ian is not who she thought he, uh, who she thought he was. Excuse me. And she says, the setup doesn't feel too good when you're the one on the other side of it now, does it? You wanted my life so bad. Now you got it. Make it count. And so she's running around getting her kids and she's grabbing a duffel bag that she had 
that she put the money she stole from Monster in. And so she gets in the car and she peels out of the garage. And as soon as she turns the corner, she's pulled over by the police. And for some reason, her heart sinks to her feet when she looks at the duffel bag and realizes that it's a completely different bag than the original one she had. And something just tells her to open the bag. And when she does, it's exactly what she did to Sayor. It's a whole bunch of drugs in there under some clothes. And she starts crying and says, God, no. And when the police get there, they just say, ma'am, I need you to put your hands up and step out of the car. Brielle is meeting with Everett in her hotel room and she just wants to talk about getting a divorce. And he's like, after everything I've done for you. And she says, this marriage should have never happened. And we both know that you wanted a trophy and I needed a savior. We were that for each other. Can't you just agree that it's time for this to be over? And he says, you know, what I can't agree with is that you're ungrateful I married you knowing that you were damaged goods, gave you a life that little girls dream of when you would have probably ended up on drugs. And she tells him, you know, you can say whatever you want. This marriage is a hoax. The sex was mediocre. And with all the bitches you got on speed dial, why do you even care that I don't want to be with you no more? And all he's concerned about is his image and how it's going to look on him. She's like, you know what? You can blame everything on me. I don't care. I just want to be over and he's like, you know, my job is to provide and your job was to take care of home. And she's like, no, my job was to be your fool. When I first met you, it was a horrible time in my life and you were there for me. You made me feel safe, like I would be all right. But the minute we moved, everything changed. You became someone I didn't know and I got lost in the darkness around me. What you went through had nothing to do with me. You wanted to sit around and be depressed and I wasn't going to do that with you. If that makes me a bad person, then oh well. Every time we had sex for a while, you cried. Do you know how that made me feel? That's why I started cheating. And once I started, I couldn't stop. And it's like, really, nigga? And, you know, so she just keeps saying, you know, okay, that's fine. You feel that way? That's cool. I don't care. I just want to be over. And he tells her, you know, you're not getting a dime of my money. And everything that's left in that house is mine. So don't try and get a single red cent. She's like, you know, I got my own money. I always have. You were just too involved with your own stuff to even notice. I don't need you or your money. I just want it to be over. He's like, I'm not paying for the divorce. That's fine, too. But like when the papers come, just sign them and let us be done. And so, you know, she's packing up her hotel room and she's going to Phase's club to get her man back. And she's ready to talk. But he's there interviewing a woman who's wearing too tight clothes, don't really have any experience, and is basically trying to sell sex. And she busts in like, you know what? I came in here to tell you that I wanted to try. I loved you. I got my bags in the car. I'm ready. But if this is what you're doing, and this is exactly what I was afraid of, deuces. But he runs up behind her like, you know, it ain't what you think it is. And basically they hash it out as well and they have a heart to heart and he says so tell me what you need from me i need you to hold my hand while i figure out how to cope with everything that i've been through so i can eventually be the woman you need and the best mother to our kid i'm so scared i won't lie but something in my heart is telling me not to run so i'm not running i'm staying here to fight this through and i want you by my side 
And he tells her, you know, but you can't push me away, though. I want to be here through all the crazy. So she got her man and they going to rock it through. And Nikki and Sayora are getting back to work. And they're talking about, like, all the drama that's going on. And Anel started working with, I guess, an opposing record company. And Sayora says, yeah, I know. Omega showed me last night after watching Missy get arrested on the news. And Nikki says, what happened to all that negative purpose bring negative results? She says, this still applies. Look at all the motherfuckers that did me wrong. Rochelle is headlining local news. Monster will, you know how that went. Miss Johnson lost her job and Missy's about to spend the rest of her life behind bars and away from her kids. They all had a negative purpose when it came to me and they're all reaping that. What about Morgan? Nobody can find that bitch. I feel like she's hiding somewhere in plain sight. We just don't see her. She's too dumb to leave town and in her mind, I took everything from her. She's not going to stop until she feels vindicated. And it's like, okay whatever so they're having uh oh no even before that so saint is still not talking to nikki but he pulls her into a closet and they finally have a heart to heart and break it down and they have sex and makeup but after that you know they were literally waiting on them to come out the closet and get to work so now that nikki is tired omega says you you think I care about you being tired, Nikki, huh? Nobody told y'all nasty asses to be in the damn office fucking. Y'all could have waited until you got home. Now you sitting up here can barely stand up. <laughs> and Sayora and Brielle are cracking up. And he's like, man, sing the damn song. Yeah, Nikki, sing the damn song. And she's like, man, shut up. Can we just do this tomorrow? So Omega says, if we do, I'm taking the cost of the engineers for today and tomorrow out your money. I thought so. Sing the damn song. We all been here waiting on y'all. And so then he looks at Sayor and says, you good, baby? She's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just hungry and I'm ready to go. And he's like, you want me to order you something? So Nikki Philoy, she's like, man, why are you being all nice to her? If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even met her. He's like, man, please sing this song so we can get out of here. So all three sisters are singing together and it's beautiful. They get a standing ovation. They're just so good. So they wrapping it up and leaving. And Sayora is so wrapped up in what Nikki and Brie are saying that she doesn't even see Morgan coming their way until she hears a voice. And Morgan says, so you just walking around here living life without a care in the world, huh? After you ruined everybody's life. But before she can even finish, Sayora is on her head. And Omega pulls her off like, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? You pregnant. She was like, that bitch didn't touch me. I'm good. And my baby's good too. And Morgan is getting up off the ground. And she says, Grit might have failed, but I won't. So she pulls out a gun. And someone says, no, Sayora, watch out. And you hear, boop, boop, boop. And Sayora yells, because Omega has been hit and he was hit in the stomach. And FaZe yells out, you know, fuck, somebody call 911 and don't let that bitch move. Come on, oh, we ain't going out like this. And Morgan is screaming for whoever got her to get their hands off of her. And Sayora looks at Omega and says, baby, I need you to fight. I, I, and she's like, no, no, wake up. 
it's two weeks later and it's time for a funeral. And I'm like, I know Omega. No, she did not get Omega. But come to find out she didn't. Omega is still alive, but they are having a funeral for his mom. And, you know, unfortunately, she lost the baby, which is so sad because it's just like, you know, he was doing good in the hospital and he was ready to go home and he was acting a fool. But besides that, everything was good. And it's like the first two days... Sayora was checked out and they said the baby was fine. But on the third day is when she had a miscarriage. And so, you know, the doctors told them after six weeks, they can try again. And they decide that they're going to. And Morgan was charged with first degree murder and first degree attempted murder because a nail was there and she killed her. And she was coming to the studio to clean out her locker and she was caught by a stray bullet. Omega paid for all her funeral costs and Anel's family decided to sue Morgan's family. But Morgan ain't got no money and she ain't got nothing. So I don't know what they're going to get. And all of a sudden, Papa Mayhew and Omega are the best of friends now. It's like, damn, I got to die for your daughter for you to show me some respect. Really? And so they're all dressed, getting ready to head to the funeral. And while... Omega and Sayora are talking. Quest comes up and says, Ma, can we go? And little baby OJ says, yeah, Ma, can we go? So, you know, they're family. This is a family unit. And as they're riding to the funeral, Omega says, I love you, Sayora. I think we should get married. And she says, well, I think you're right. You for real though? Yeah. I love you more than I ever thought I could love a man. Other than my father, I went through so much that I didn't really have to because I put my trust in the wrong people. My heart was so fucked up and I still got a lot growing, a lot of growing up to do where my heart is concerned. But baby, I want to do that with you. I never thought that I would ever find a love like this. For so long, I thought love wasn't for me. I'm here. Your heart was built for me. And he reaches into his pocket and slides a large yellow princess cut diamond onto her finger and they live happily ever after the end Woo! and that is the conclusion for day 27 of read a book record a podcast and i will see you back tomorrow for day 28 peace and blessings my beautiful people